When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed last week's episode about running into my Nexus family at my son's football game. I have uh, gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys about that whole situation, and uh, a lot of you agree, too, that my Nexus brother isn't buying that I abused her, because what the heck is he doing saying hi to me at the football game? It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's funny, and um, I got a feeling that there's going to be more like interactions like that to come. So I'm excited about it. And um, I also wanted to fill you guys in. I mentioned on last episode that I did have court this week. Um to kind of surmise the whole thing, um, I've been told I need to temper what I say about this, um, but they are pushing me to settle uh, my divorce, and the restraining order is still in place, and that's kind of a big deal. So I'm going through what's called an MSA, which is a marital settlement agreement, and uh, that's basically the end of the divorce, you know? So... Um, but the, the TRO is going to impact that. So, uh, the TRO is not dropped yet and, um, I'm going through the MSA. It's about 61 pages and I think I'm on page like 32 of 61. Um, and it's very, very, very granular. So that's what I can say about that. Um, as things materialize, I, I can hopefully update you guys, but I've also been told, uh, I need to reel in what I, what I say about this. So, more to come on that. So anyway, uh, this week, October 30th, is two years to the day of my discard. And I have a listener of this podcast who I have been in touch with. I mean, I can't even remember how long. But one of my like original followers who knew me when I was the Macaroni King. And uh, I just found out that she and I have the same discard day down to the day, year, the whole thing. So I was um, going through it and I was saying... I, I was going to do like last year I did a reflections episode about like what I learned in the first year and now what I learned in the second year. And I said, why should I do this alone? Somebody else has the same discard day as I do. So I'm bringing her on the episode and I think you guys are going to like it. Um, one more thing too. I mentioned that I am doing a flash sale on the dimming the gaslight merch store. A lot of you guys have picked up some items this week. Um, there's cool stuff on there like coffee cups and shirts and sweatshirts and stickers and all kinds of different stuff. And, um, if you guys like anything, you can use the code DTGMAC, that's D-T-G-M-A-C, to get 20% off your order uh, from now until 6 p.m. on October the 30th, which is the moment of my discard. So go to dimmingthegaslight.myshopify.com. Again, that's dimmingthegaslight.com. 
www.myshopify.com to get your stuff. Um, so let's get into this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So I planned on doing a solo episode this week because I'm in a very reflective month. I'm in October, and October 30th is going to be two years since my discard. And last year, I did this episode about like the things I've learned in the last year. And early on in the podcast, too, I had this analogy where I said, I kind of use like this imaginary like uh, tape measure in my brain. I think of like how far I've come between points, right? And like, you know, I look at how I was this week versus last week and then moving forward a whole month and a whole year and how far I've come, right? So I was going to do this episode about two years. And then I started talking to one of my oldest followers that I've been in contact with, Christ, for two years. And uh, her name is Lisa. So Lisa, say hi to everybody. Hi, guys. Now, the cool thing about Lisa is I didn't realize until a couple of days ago, we have the same exact discard date down to the day, the year, everything, which is gnarly, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> the Wait. small world, small world. So I was like, you know, she and I were kicking around ideas and I was talking about like all the shit that I've learned and she was telling me some of the stuff that she's learned. And I was like, wait a second, I don't want to do this episode alone anymore because we literally have the same exact measuring date. So um, she got to talking and I told her, take a couple of notes and let's let's kick around these ideas, what we've learned over the last two years. And also one more thing, Lisa, why don't you uh, tell everybody where your social media platform is? Oh, so I, I'm at Stories from the Roller Coaster and on Instagram, just on Instagram. Yeah, you and I have been... Man, I always tell the story about how I was the macaroni king. I think you and I have been talking since that long, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So let's get into it a little bit. Tell us your first point. What are some of the things that you learned over the last two years? Okay. So thinking about it all, the first year was difficult. It was a really tough year. And I really did feel like a victim. I still felt trapped. I still, I felt very like, defined by him by the abuse by just like emotionally stuffed mm -hmm. and i you know pushed forward this year though i feel different like coming up on the two years i like feel different i feel like a survivor i feel like there are things that i've learned about in this last year even just like that like now i know this wasn't my fault i know that i didn't do anything wrong it's it's just a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So I can remember like my early days, like, and I always talk about like how I felt like I was lost at sea in a thunderstorm. And it's very dramatic, like the image that goes on in my brain. But I feel like I was just like lost at sea, no view of land, absolute thunder and lightning everywhere. And when I was like going through that, I was like kind of like a baby deer that was like learning how to stand. Like I felt like so unsteady in my life. And there's all these like different coping mechanisms that I feel like we learn as we go through this kind of stuff. And I remember like making a list of things, how to feel empowered to your point. You know what I mean? Like I remember making like saying, you know, exercise. And I remember writing like, remember like the little things in life, like the little joys in life, such as like your favorite meal or your favorite band or your favorite friend or your favorite book. Whatever it is, like, I found those, like, little victories are, like, stepping stones to, like, what you can build on until you start feeling better. 
Right. Like you said last year, and I also was doing this, like do the things that you couldn't do before. Go see the people that you couldn't hang out with before. Um, Self-care, which has been huge for me because I kind of, I just never, I didn't have self-care for like most of my relationship with the narc. I wasn't allowed to polish my nails, you know. They were just like, oh, everything was a waste of time. Yeah. So, yeah. I I can remember, it was funny, I can remember uh, there was this girl who was on social media and she was saying, like, her narc wouldn't let her come to bed after a shower with wet hair. Oh my goodness. And she used to lay down in bed with wet hair and she would get, like, absolutely reamed out for it. So, like, a year later... She was laying down in bed and her pillow was soaked and she just got it. She goes, just got out of the shower, wet hair, don't give a shit. Okay. You know what I mean? So it was that kind of thing where all those little fights that didn't need to happen, you find out when you remove that narcissist from your life, the sky is not ultimately going to fall, right? And I realized I'm kind of, when I'm saying these kind of things, I'm kind of talking to the person, the version of me two years ago and the version of you two years ago. Yes. You might not see this right now, but in the long run, you're going to have those small victories to build on. Yeah. The thing is patience. And that you did say last year as well. In the beginning, at the first year, the first couple of months, I was like, what, when am I going to be over this? I want to be, oh, I wanted it so bad. And, you know, I did have a therapist and- mm-hmm which is really key, especially during COVID when we were all in lockdown. It was like, she was so helpful. And it was, she just kept saying, just one step at a time, baby steps, just one day at a time. It was literally because it's like breaking an addiction. Yeah. It- yes. I mean, just like any addiction, like, you know, your dopamine, your serotonin, it skyrockets. And like the narcissist used to be the one who would like hurt you and then heal you. Like it was this weird bipolar like back and forth like a a tennis match and like the other thing is too to your point too i heard somebody recently talk about i was on the character outs podcast who is terry who i just recently interviewed and i did a podcast with her she said a great point i think taking the time to heal especially like you just said like patience right in those early days i think you almost should be catatonic throwing up crying unbearably uncomfortable because you're your feet are to the fire and you don't know where you're going to go and i think that sort of that pain is what ultimately does make you stronger because if you don't have that you, you know how dark it can get so that when you are standing in the sun you're like god this is beautiful you know, yeah. know what i mean yeah you really i don't think you even have a choice but but you there is no quick fix to it there's just no quick healing you have to do all the steps. You have to be in the, you have to be in pain. You have to sit with it. That's what I also learned. This is my feeling right now. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Before, I always felt like, I'm never going to be able to get past this feeling. But if you just sit with it, it eventually fades away. It's, it's like the rumination. You did yeah. talk about that as well. You just say, okay, I'm thinking this thought. Okay. Okay, bye thought. See ya. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, early on in those days, you know, I was so pissed off about the injustice that was done to me because it was false allegations. And I kind of, I think in the moment, if I can think back to how I felt, it was like I felt like someone was going to come save me. I felt like somebody was going to be like, you know what? Like, I thought she she would have the logic of mind to know that she lied and just like, all right, 
I was pissed off in the time. Let me drop it. And then she didn't. And, you know, you and I, I know we both love our memes and you always have such a great page. That's why you and I ever connected. But then there was a meme that I saw and it was this guy who was, it was like stick figures that abandoned on the island in this meme. And he cut down a bunch of trees and in the ground he wrote with the trees, help me. And then in the next slide of that same meme, he takes the part, help me and builds a boat to get off the island. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's how um, you got to understand. No one's coming to save you. That's cool. Because I also thought the same thing as you. I thought that. And OK, so we are we were broken up for, you know, four years. And it's only been the two years that I went no contact because for the two years in the middle, I was still entertaining the thought of possibly I don't know why. now I don't know why, but I was still entertaining every time he came back and said he was sorry. And then. You know, oh, God told him to apologize to me. Oh, he changed his ways. Like, you know, all the hoovering, you know, and I was still entertaining that. You know, what's funny. And, and I'm going to just going to say this. And I, I wonder if you could relate to this. I have this feeling. And I think a lot of people do that. Like we spent so much time making the mistake because you were in your relationship for 10 years, too. Right. Yes. Mine yes. was 10 years. Yours was 10 years. And it's like we made the mistake for so long that we don't even want to give up on the mistake because we made it for so long. So you said it was over for four years, but it's only been two years since so I haven't talked to him. And it's almost because you don't know how to live life without that person. Yes, because you're so trauma bonded. It's all you know. And like today, I, I posted something just about how you had this false sense of security. You knew it was insane, but you felt safe for some reason in that it was it became comfortable Oh, you know, it was wrong. You knew. I mean, so many times with the breakups and the fights and the, I just I wanted to get out of it. But then yeah. I got then he came back and I was like, oh, OK. But also I lived for the peaceful times. I lived for those times. Those were my the times where I was like, oh, there's hope. We're just hopeless romantics or something. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of there's a good Nirvana line. The lead, the chorus of the song is I miss the comfort in being sad. Well, I miss the comfort in being sad. Narcissistic abuse victims could actually relate to that. I miss the comfort in being sad. And I do because it was like weird. I didn't know anything else. Right. That's exactly it. Your whole body, everything changes. Listen, I was married before him and, you know, I got divorced, whatever. It was my choice to get divorced. I was independent. I knew what I wanted. I had my three kids. I work. I'm a strong woman. And I just became a totally different person because over time like of course the first year or whatever was all like flowers and roses and then after that because they can't last that long you know it's not gonna last forever uh slowly things started happening and i would be like oh that's okay it's only because of this make the excuses make the excuses for him oh he had a hard day oh he's work is difficult oh he's this he's that you know oh i'll just do more and do more and then you just live in that heightened state for such a long time it just becomes normal it, yes it yes. just and when you don't live in that heightened state your body has to your point withdrawals like I, people say like when things feel calm do you need the need for drama and i don't but i understand living in chaos and not knowing that's not how the world real world operates right and when you get out of it, you sort of sometimes, I mean, at least for me, I did look for the chaos a little bit. And so, you know, early 
dating and I would find someone similar to him. And then I was smart enough to say, I can't go down this road again. I can't. I need peace. I, I like served my time in that. <laughs> and I want out. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And and that's that is totally I, I, I completely identify with where you're coming from. That's when you when you start learning from past mistakes is when you go from victim to survivor. Survivor, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When you realize like that you're that it's okay to be you. Also, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. I was like so squashed by all the criticisms. I, you know, it, it can't wear high heels. I'm too tall. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm just too many things for him. And he just made tried to make me as small as possible. And once you are free of that and you're just like, oh, my God, I'd love to read a book. I love to hang out with my friends. I love to get my nails done or whatever it might be. You just that your opinion matters. And even if you are weird or quirky or it's OK, it yeah. just becomes, it's so freeing. It's just so. Yes, I find that empaths are so much more tolerable of other people's, like you said, quirkiness. Listen, you know, if you, what I don't know, like whatever quirks you have, you're a human being. We're all different. But like when you're with a narcissist, they have to make you fit in this box so that you're the picture perfect version of who they think they want you to be. And then they're still going to tear that down and try again just to have control. Right. Exactly. You just get told who you are. And then for some reason, you just start to believe it. You start to believe their opinion of you and not the person that you know who you are. And how did you, over the last two years, how did you try start finding out who you are? Oh, really? I mean, I had good support. I, I Like, I have my children. I have great, great friends. I did a lot of research. I just, like, sat with myself. I had to ask myself questions what do you like? Like, because I hadn't known for such a long time, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And it was, it was just being free. I really truly think it's like all those things. Me, for example, um, I told this story on the podcast. I'm a big foodie, right? And I, I'd, I'd like want to go to like a new sushi restaurant or something. And I'd be like, hey, let's go date. You and I should go out and we should go to the sushi restaurant. She would make a thousand and one excuses. And then I would end up going my other friend who's a guy and be like, hey, let's go on a mandate because my wife won't go with me. Now I've been to that sushi spot that I've been wanting to go to. And it was amazing. There was no drama. I didn't have to beg anybody to go. It's like people will encourage. That's the thing is like when you find what you love, you find the people that you love. Yeah. You find like minded people that want to do the same shit as you. You might it might be music or it might be food or it might be books or hiking. Who knows? But when you find the things that you love, you find the people that that like minded people that want to do the same shit. Yeah, that comes along with it. I mean, and you know, you you've had your friends on um, and having good friends who are willing and God bless my friends for listening to me over and over and over. They're probably and, listening. Shout them out. Yes. Oh, Vicky. Oh, Sue. Just the best friends giving me the best advice, sitting and listening to me talk about it or me sending the giant text message word salads and being like, what does this mean? Because you can't even. And and I was like, what is your opinion on this? Or what is your opinion on this? Because I'm just, uh, I, I just don't know. What is he talking about? Just circular conversations. And I'm like, am I crazy? Is it me? You know, and them just say, just reassuring me. 
and saying this person is not normal. This is just a normal person. Yeah. 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 And, and, and like, that's such a big deal. And, and I hope everybody does have a sh uh, support system. I mean, because this is my anniversary, I think I should shout out some people like Mo and Phil and my sister Macy. And uh, well, I can't say my aunt's name. I got to change people's names. But I want to shout everybody out. Like I have, and if I forget anybody, I, I apologize. But like, there's so many people, especially these strangers on social media that want like nothing more than to see you succeed. You know, it's it's weird because like, it's like, I know, Lisa, what you've been through. You know what I've been through. And if you've lived through that darkness, you want nothing more than to see that person come into the light. Fuck, I know how bad it was for me. And if you feel like that, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. Yes, this community has been so wonderful, so supportive. Everybody who DMs me, everybody's got a story. Some, you know, some of them are much worse than mine like you have kids with yours i didn't have them so that you know i'm lucky in that way but everybody's story you just are rooting for each other and it's so nice to have the positivity or just to just to have the moment where you're like yeah that happened to me too so mm -hmm. you, you don't feel alone and i i think in the beginning you're so full of shame and you feel so alone like i felt so ashamed that i let this happen to me and even the people who don't know me well and, you know, uh, the judges out there, you know, were always like, you, you, th this was going on with you, you know, and if I told, I mean, now I tell people because I don't care. I'm like, yeah, he was emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. But last year, I don't think I could have gotten it out of my mouth. And the few people that I did tell were just, oh, that you let that happen. And you're a strong woman. I'm like, that doesn't, I can be both a strong woman and get caught up in this toxic relationship yeah I, I truly do believe that anybody can be i really yeah. do believe like i i don't you know not to sound like a narcissist but i don't consider myself a stupid guy and i fell for 10 years so you know i'm just coming to find that you know certain people are figuring her out too and i can i can understand too like i can empathize with you're just figuring it out maybe i get people every day who are like hey i'm still in my relationship and this is what's going on and i don't know how i'm gonna leave it's just really, truly baby steps. You know, you can't you can't eat an elephant all at once. No, it's really, it's such baby steps. It's it's a it's a process, and you have to be patient with yourself. Yeah, and be patient with the process. And there, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember that's one of the few things that one of well, you and I back in the beginning were you know, talking about like just that there is light. And I know you've had a lot of setbacks in that tunnel, but yeah. there's been lights. You, you know what? To that point, here's my bullet point. And I know you have a lot, but I just want to throw this out there, man. It's like perseverance. You know, it's funny. So I, I shared the story early on the podcast. I ran the New York City Marathon at one time. And when I ran the New York City Marathon, I had a mantra, right? And, and a mantra for mine was, do not finish is not an option. And I've kind of applied it to this, you know, like giving up on my kids is not an option. You know, failing is not an option. See this through, get to justice, get to the truth. And you got to be mentally tough. I know that might sound passe or like cliche or whatever. Like you got to be mentally tough. You really do. And and man, the people that I'm around like shit, like 
you know, I get mental toughness from some of these stories. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be your own best friend, your own advocate. You have, this is what it's about, right? You have to love yourself more. At the end of the day, you always know you have yourself. Yes. Like you can't get away from you. So you can either be your biggest friend or your or your worst enemy. Right. And you already spent enough time being our worst enemies with. So now it's time to be our biggest advocate and our best friend and just know our worth. And I think that was a lot of it for me. I just didn't realize that this person doesn't deserve me. He didn't. He didn't deserve yeah. what I had to offer him. You know, not to not to put you on the spot, but since you just said, like, we spent so much time being our worst enemy. I have a question for you, and I hope you can answer it, is like, how did you get over, like, the shame and guilt? Because, like, we all did, you know, the reactive abuse and popped our mouths off. I mean, I hope most of us weren't abusive, but even physical violence, like, you know, I hear from some people, it's like, you know, the, the camera goes on after you've been hit and then you hit them back, you know? So whatever, I'm not condoning anything, but my point is, like, how did you get over some of that shame and guilt? Just realizing that it was not my fault, that I actually put a thousand percent into this thing and I have nothing to be ashamed of. I did everything with my heart a hundred percent and it was not, it was not me. He is chemically imbalanced, like no matter what was going to happen, right? I was not going to be able to fix him. I was not going to be able to love him better, make him better all of a sudden. He is who he is. And I think it's the acceptance. That's I did post something about accepting what has happened. Moving on. We, yeah. we have to accept, admit it to ourselves also, because there was a lot of sort of lying to yourself about what was going on. For sure. Yeah. Um, Forgive yourself, right? Like, and the thing is, too, as far as I go, is like, I used to observe my behavior when I got out especially, I mean, no one, no one, no one has gotten my anger the way that my next has. But for like the same token, do I get angry afterwards? Yeah, rarely. But then I like observe my communication when I'm angry and I, and I observe how I act and what kind of like state I'm trying to get to. Like, cause I never, I never, like what I've noticed is I don't try and win arguments. I just want to be understood. And most ways, like, people do understand where I'm coming from and I try and take into consideration where they're coming from and try and come to a common ground. But I realized, and I've said this many times on the podcast, is like that anger that I had was definitely just reserved for them. I don't think anybody, because now I'm essentially narc proof, I like to believe. So I don't think that anger, I don't think anybody else can pull that anger out of me. Yeah. I, you could ask my boyfriend of my present boyfriend and we haven't had a fight, one single fight because we talk. We communicate. We, I am actually such an easygoing person. You can ask my kids. I'm like, not that I'm a pushover. There's rules, but, and I mean, they're adults now, but I'm easy. I'm just like, I like to think about both sides, who feels what, put myself in the other person's spot. You know, I'm, I'm flexible and it's just. It'll be funny. I, as you're saying that, I sit there and I go, man, my next used to say I'm such a bad communicator. <laughs> yeah. My next used to go, you suck at communication. And I'm sitting there going like, no, you, you, I can communicate the same thing with anybody else and they would get it. It's yeah. you. Yeah. I also, because he would yell, 
I would, I shut down, I would shut down and then he would yell at me for a response and I would be like, and, or, or he would talk over me. So, or he'd tell me what I was thinking. Oh no, you, you're want to say this. You're this type of person. Again, putting me in the box. And then I, I, I couldn't think of any responses ever to him. So he would always just, he'd say, oh, you, you can't handle the truth. Oh, that old truth, uh, him with his truths. And he'd say, you know, oh, you can't have the important conversations. You don't know how to have the, the tough conversations. Uh, what's a tough conversation? Every conversation is tough. Every single, every day there was a tough conversation. It was so stressful. And they want to beat you into submission until you give up. And oh. I did a lot. Yeah. I did. Take your power back. Take your control back. You're allowed to have thoughts. They don't nope. act like anytime you have a thought, you're fucking crazy. You're not crazy. So many Forgive times. Forgive yourself. Stop talking. And he'd be like, don't you have anything to say? And I, uh, I think you've said everything that could be said. And I would just say, yeah. And, he, and you can't win. No, you can never win. And so... I realized that probably, you know, years in, I realized that. So then I, I thought that I was handling him and my friends who are listening will know because I told them I can handle him and I was handling him. So I could, I could read his mood. I knew by his voice. I, so I was always regulating emotion. So much work and so much work. It's exhausting. And that's not how life is. And the greatest title to a narcissist book is Stop Walking on Eggshells. You know, like stop. So many eggshells and so much knots in your stomach all the time. You know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde behavior. Who am I getting today? And and you can't there's there's no reason to handle them. You're you're not going it's not gonna get you anywhere. It's just more pain and more stress. Right. So forgive yourself for that. Forgive yourself for what you didn't know. Forgive yeah. yourself for how you acted when you felt cornered and trapped. Forgive yourself for that. And like, get over that shame and guilt because I hope for whoever's listening to this, that's not you. They made you into a version that you didn't want to be. And it's important. You owe it to yourself and to your support system to become that person that you should have been, that you wish you were. You owe it to them to become that person. Yes. And the believe it or not, the real you is in there and will emerge or just I, I even feel better. I mean, I've had people come up to me and I've told them the story. They'd be like, where's so-and-so, you know, and I'm just like, oh, we we're not together. And they're like, oh, good for you. Like, because they saw they must have seen on me. People have said, you're so much lighter now. Yeah. And I, I'm not carrying a giant, a small man on my back, you know. Sweet. Yeah. It's very freeing. Yeah. All right. So um, what's your next point? Well, be kind to ourselves. Not try too hard to force yourself to do anything. Like, okay, if you don't feel like going out, well, narcissist could be anybody, your mom, your dad, your coworker, your friend, romantic partner, but just like don't don't force yourself back into like the dating world or the yeah just really work on yourself and i think really important because of course we're lonely and but it's really important just to take the time and i think in the end it will be the reward is so great in the end 
You know, it's funny. So I that's my favorite thing about doing this podcast is when people say things that jog my memory of a story that I just put in the back of my mind that I don't think of anymore. Quickly, quickly, I'll admit, and it was the wrong thing to do, but I went on like Hinge or Bumble or one of those things, right? And I was like, I haven't been in the dating game for like 10 years. And I'm like, am I still desirable? Am I good looking? Am I ugly? Am I past my prime? Like, what is it, right? So I was like, let's see if I get any likes on these dating sites. And then I end up talking to like one of these girls on one of these dating sites. And I'm talking, I wasn't even out of the relationship, my marriage for long. I'm talking maybe three or four months. Okay. But I just wanted to test the market essentially. And so there was this girl that I ended up talking to and she's like, uh, you know, like, what are you looking for? And I like, you know, I, I, I told the truth. She was like, why don't, you know, we exchange numbers and, uh, and like, you know, take this offline or whatever. And I go like, you know, I just don't feel comfortable giving my number to a stranger. And keep in mind, I, I didn't know shit about dating sites. You know what I mean? I guess that's just how it works to take your, take the whole thing off of those dating apps. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable giving my number to a fucking stranger. And she's like, huh. She's like, do you not know how this works? I was like, uh, I guess not. I was like, I just got on here. And then she goes, well, how long ago was your last relationship? And I was like, oh shit, here comes the question. And I was like, ah, oh, like four or five months. And she's like, ah, were you married? I'm like, yeah. And she started like, she was so smart. She was so, so much smarter than me. And she just like, part started putting together the puzzle. She goes, oh dude, you're not ready to date yet. She told me, she goes, you're not ready to date yet. Get your ass off of here and hit me up in a year when you are. She's like, because if, if she's still around, it was a joke, but she's like, hit me up in a year if you're still around. Because I was just seeing if I still had it and she was looking for the real thing and I had no business being there and she sniffed me out like a greyhound. And I forgot completely about that story, but it's it's a good story. Give yourself time. You don't need to jump. Man, that's what the narc does. The narc jumps right yeah. back into another relationship. Yes. We do not. The person, the person who takes the time to heal themselves and find themselves, that's the person who was not the narc, in my opinion, anyway. Right. And that's where you want to be. That's where that's where the world starts changing for you. That's where th things open up. And it's, and you know, you just have to, I mean, not that I'm totally healed. I mean, I have my, my days still, but you just have to learn to always be okay with being a work in progress. It's going to happen. And you have to enjoy this part of the journey because it is a journey. It's not, you're not getting to the, there's no race to the finish line. It is a journey. Right. Yeah. Totally. Love it. What else you got? Did you ever have any like mantras or anything like that? I don't know. I had a couple of books that I had put on my, which I don't remember now, that are on, that are listed on my page that I would go back and read. Like I would highlight things in books so I could go back and reread them, remind myself. I also would journal a lot, wrote journals full of, you know, pages full of journals. What else did I do? Make notes in my phone. Oh, I used to do that all the time. I used to make notes in my, my phone about like how to feel powerful. I'm just looking back at some of the books that I read. So Stop Walking on Eggshells, Psychopath Free, Becoming the Narcissist Nightmare. There was a couple things that, oh, I'm, who am I lying to? I list them on on audiobook, but I used to walk and walk and walk. And listen to these books on audiobooks. And I think what a lot of us need is validation. 
I think like we truly need validation. And that's, again, what this community has given to me. You know, I hope if maybe you're new to my podcast or you're new to the community or like whatever it is, but I just want you to know that you're not alone. And all those times that you felt is just your narc that is this anomaly that is like completely, you're unable to figure out. You come to find that like they're very textbook. They're yeah. very textbook. And comparing stories with people is what really cemented it for me. You know what I mean? Because I was in doubt for a long time. But finding people like you and people to talk to is like, no, this is the real thing. You know, for a long time, I was like, am I the problem? You know, but I come across this community and it's so validating. Yes. I, I mean, we. I think we all were, the blame was placed on all of us for such a long time. And the weird part is that we accepted it and we said, okay, I'll take that. We're so much stronger than them because we're like, okay, you're going to blame me for blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll take that. I'll try to change. I tried to change myself. I, you know, I, even when I was with him, I was going to therapy. He hated the fact that I had a therapist because she would be like, what, what are you doing? And then I've always want to know what you're doing in therapy. Yeah. He was like, don't, don't talk to her about me. And I was like, you're my problem. (laughs) Or I even said to him, let's go to therapy together, which he would never, because he was like, you don't understand. No therapist is going to understand the way I think. And I'm like, now that I talk about, you know, all these stories, uh, I'm just like, why? I mean, I know why I didn't see it for what it was or I didn't. I just why I didn't get out of it sooner. I mean, I, I get both sides of it, but you just have to keep doing the work and listening to the audiobooks. I was had so many aha moments listening to the audiobooks, whereas, OK, now I have the words to put to this person that I knew was unstable because let's yeah. just say he was unstable yeah yeah I, I I remember that being just like a huge epiphany realized you know I, I remember going to, to your to your thing about the therapist like I can remember going to so many therapists and being she's literally lying to the therapist and making me fucking insane in front of the therapist and I'm sitting here going that's not true and the therapist because I get mad looks at me and goes, oh, well, he's unhinged or whatever. And it's like, then I realize triangulation and I go, oh, she just needs somebody to co-sign her bullshit. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't realize at the time, but now I get it. Yeah. One step at a time, one year at a time. So it's been two years and we're both at the same point where we just don't care anymore. No. You know what the funny thing is? Like, and I can remember those early, early days you know, like when I was lost at sea, I always made that comparison. It was like, man, there was a lot of one hours at a time. There were a lot of half hours at a time. There was a lot of make it to lunch. Okay, I made it to lunch. Now I'm going to make it to one o'clock. I'm going to make it to two o'clock. I'm going to make it to dinner. Um, How am I going to sleep tonight? Man, I can remember those days trying to find a fucking place to sleep, trying to find food to eat, going to the food bank. Oh my God, it was torture. You you can't, the the, the picture is just too big to even see yet. You can't see the big picture. But Lisa and I are here to tell you that the big picture is out there. <laughs> and it's so yeah. it's going to get better. It's and going to get better. Love exists. There is healthy love out there. Oh, for sure. So yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I didn't really realize, you know, that besides all the red flags, you know, that I obviously ignored with the other one, there are the green flags. You know, there are the 
the good guys that are out there and and girls who are out there who aren't trying to control you and make you feel yeah or make you feel bad about yourself so they can feel better and there's people out there who will love you for all your weirdnesses and quirks and they're not that fucking weird at the end of the day you're really not like no individualism is so okay I wasn't creative anymore. I there were so many things that I want to go back to school. There were there were so many things that I just didn't do because it would just get in the way of his. You start, you start dreaming again. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you start having goals again, and it's weird. Like you said, like going back to school, and I don't have the money for it. But like sometimes I sit here and I think, like, can I go back for like a psychology degree or something? Like when right. I was a kid, and and I. I didn't apply myself well. And like now that I'm like an adult and I have like that sort of foresight. Well, or... and eight, you know what it will take to succeed. And so... they would have stifled that. They would have stifled that. Oh. Yeah. You're not smart enough. You'll never make it. Well, I was like you. I also, I was um, training for like a half marathon and he used to complain to me all the time that I ran too much. Well, I'm training for something. What do you want me not to run? How am I going to run a half marathon? He never came to not one race, not no support. At yeah. I told that story. I told that story on the early days of the podcast. Like I was training for the marathon and on, on the weekends, I had, run, had to run a half marathon and training all the time. And I'd be like, yo, I'm cramping. Can I get a banana or a Gatorade? And she was pregnant at the time. So that was her excuse. But she'd be like, oh, I had morning sickness. I can't come bring you anything. And yes, could I board myself or brought money? Sure. But like she didn't support me worth a shit. Then you fast forward to the actual day of the marathon and she's crying because I have like a support system there to watch me. And she's crying with this pride. And I'm looking at her going, where the fuck was that for fucking six months? Yeah. Now you're proud of me. And I never, never saw her ever do anything for self-improvement. Never. Not one thing. I could not tell you. No, he was exactly the same way. He didn't really didn't want to have anything to do with my kids. He, but he came to the graduation Take a picture. Oh, oh, look at us. Look at this happy fan. But he didn't do anything. To- going back, going back to the journey, they never want to take part in the journey, but they'll sure as shit stand at the finish line. They will. Sure That's she'll celebrate. Yeah, because when I finished that marathon, he, that half marathon, he was like, "Wow, you ran a half marathon!" I'm like, yeah. What do you think I've been working towards? But and your point, never trying to fix himself in any way because they, they don't see anything wrong with them. He was a big smoker. And so he would try to, not that there's any, people can do whatever they want to do. So he would try to quit for a while. And, but I literally would have to not see him because he was worse. It, it, it was like, he was, if there was a devil that had a devil, I, I just, he, <laughs> the devil had a devil. <laughs> yeah. So bad. That I was like, oh my god, I can't even be a rat. And then the the excuses were always like, oh, that's because I didn't smoke today, or or he was he's a fireman, and yeah. he would be on shift. And oh, then tell fireman John, I said, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> fireman John. Um, and what, he would see that's the thing. What the fuck is fireman now? Is that like synonymous with narcissism? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Never. I think in the beginning when you and I first were talking. We realized we're both in northern New Jersey, and we were like, right. oh, uh, this must be the, yes, this must be the, the narcissist mecca of the world. Of the world. <laughs> but 
he would be in the firehouse for 24 hours. You know, they go on shift and I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to have any life outside of that because he wanted me home. Uh, but then when he got home, he'd be like, the me just, he'd say, oh yeah, all, everybody has to deal with this because I've been on shift for 24 hours. So I would take his abuse when he got home because he was tired and angry and he had a shitty fire or saw something terrible. Uh, it just, and, or it could be nothing. It could yeah. be he stubbed his toe and he fucking. Oh, yeah. No, there were those days, too. It was, a, it, you just didn't know. You didn't know. Right. You didn't know the, the ver- version you were going to get. And you know what the funny thing is? It's like, I'm exhausted just from listening to this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just got a feeling of, like, exhaustion. And you know what the thing is? Is, like, when I was younger, I was so conditioned. You know, I played high school football and stuff. And I had a high school football coach who's like, if you give up on this, you'll give up on your family. And I used to be like, nah, it's not the same, man. But I was like conditioned since I was a little kid to not give up, never, ever, ever give up. And the thing is, is like, I still preach that, like, don't give up on your healing. But there's so much healing in waving that white flag when it comes to the narcissist. Giving up on them because you're not going to change it. You're not going to make a difference. You're nothing you do. You're you're just pouring into a cup that has holes on top. Like it's a sieve. You're never going to fix it. And there is like a certain amount of like, in my opinion, nobility of like not chasing that carrot anymore. You know, like not chasing dangling carrot. Fucking give up. Give up and find yourself for Christ's sakes. Yes. It's save yourself. Yes. Yes. And it's not self. And it's oh, it's not that it's not selfish. It's actually okay to be selfish in some in some parts of your life, especially when you're drowning. You have to save yourself. Yeah. I think you said it too on one of your podcasts where you're like, oh, on the airplane, they tell you, put your mask on first before you put it on someone else. Yeah. Do that for yourself. Yeah. If a plane's going down, if they tell you to put, you know, your if a plane's going down, who do they tell you to put the mask on? You or your kids? It's you. You put it on you before you put it on the kids because you have to help yourself in order to help the kids. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing is, you can't be of any use to the world until you heal yourself. And and if you're just doomed to repeat the same patterns that you did while you were with that narcissist, you're not, you're all the miserable life. That's yeah. just how I see it. You know, I have to have learned something from this because otherwise this was all in vain. And I had my kids kidnapped for me and I, you know, was homeless and all this shit for naught. And this can't be for naught. There's, yeah. there's so much value in what I went through. Yes. And and on the other side of it is going to be a wonderful life. It really is going to be you have learned a lot. We all have learned a lot. And it's just so much better on the other side. And the, to go from being the victim to being this year, this year, being the survivor and just being in survivor mode, just like having confidence, you know, feeling in control of yourself, your destiny. And I, I also remember one time you said, there's a blank slate. Oh, you literally just took the words out of my mouth, Lisa. <laughs> Let's go, man. You 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 know what you remind me of? You remind me of that movie, like The Beautiful Minds. Like you fucking remember <laughs> shit that I say and I like that. I was just about to say that and you took it. Go ahead, take my mind. Go ahead. No, no, there's a blank slate. You can make it anything that you want. And that's so freeing. You know, and, and and to take it one step further, and this is something that I, I realized when I was a really young kid, with, with narcissism especially, 
every single day, something is going to happen to you that you didn't know was going to happen. And it might be big, it might be small, it might be monumentally life-changing, or it might be nothing. You might wake up in the morning and, you know, God forbid a close one dies, right? A change is your life. You might wake up in the morning and buy an ice cream that you didn't know you were going to buy. But every single day, something is going to happen to you that you didn't know was going to happen that day. And to me, that's what makes life worth living because I have no fucking idea what something's going to happen tomorrow. Good, bad, happy, sad, indifferent. Something's going to happen tomorrow when I wake up that I didn't know was going to happen. Right. And like that makes the possibilities endless. Yes. Life is life. And we all have things that are going to happen to us and but it's just being having the strength now to deal with it as it happens yeah no matter what good bad or ugly it's you know now that you've come this far and as whatever the challenge is going to be you're going to rise up to that challenge and you're making me want to run through a wall right now (laughs) what other point that i'd like to make is about moving on, yeah. focusing on other things. Yeah. So for you, what is Max next? You, you know, like, so to be completely honest, like a lot of the times I get burnt out about talking about her so much. And it, re- it recently dawned on me that I need to focus more about like truly how to help my children, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a good dad and, and I spend a lot of time with my kids. But like I had, a, I had a situation recently where I kind of realized that like my little one, my five year old, she's a girl and she doesn't have that many friends. And I started thinking like it's weird because the way she socializes, she says like kids are mean to her and she doesn't want to play with people. And my next says that like she had 30 people at her birthday party. But, you know, I have this sneaking suspicion that my daughter has socialization issues. And I think that I need to put her in more environments where she's going to socialize better with kids. She's also a COVID baby, so she doesn't like, you know, really have that socialization. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is there has to come a point for me, and I'm only speaking for me, where it's not so much about the narcissist, it's about how to build post-discard. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Where... What is the next step? What is the next part of this journey? Where do you go from here? Are you asking or is that a rhetorical question? No, it's both. It's both. Yeah, it's like, where do you go from here, right? Because you're at ground zero and eventually you have to get to a point where it's just, yeah, they're fucking assholes. They're fucking assholes. How much more am I going to talk? You know what I mean? It gets to a point where you're just like, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on and and I'm going to succeed in spite of them. So the thing to think about is what do we want for year three? You know, what, what next year when we come back and we talk about yes, what happened in, in the following the celebration of two years, um, what good things happen between then and year three? Like what is the plan for year for this year? The moving yeah. on. That's the moving on year. Okay, so there was the victim year and there was the survivor year. And now we're going to call it the moving year. The prosper year. Pro- yes. The prosper year. The pro- it's only a New Year's resolution. And like the only thing is, this, so here's the pessimist to me. I'm going to go, fuck, I didn't do anything last year. <laughs> 
But the thing, the thing is, is like, no, there's, there's, we are just, we're walking works in progress. And I think it can only, it can only go up because like when you're stuck deep down in the tunnel and you have to dig your way out with them, I've only seen progress. Healing is not linear, sure, but I know too that, you know, even if I take two steps, you know, if I go three, three steps forward and two steps back, I'm still making progress. Yes. Yes. Every little step, every change, every, you, we just have to continue to move on, go forward, forward ever, backward never. Mm. Um, that is really important. And for you, like your focus, it should, I mean, it always has been on your kids, but going forward, it's like less her, like even for me, it's less him, it's more me and my future. And for you, it should be the same. I'm healing, right? Like, and I'm, I'm pretty, that scab is pretty healed over. Um, and I really think I need to truly consistently turn it to healing these kids, you know, before they go down the wrong slope. Yeah. They're young and you have, they're moldable and they're changeable and they're resilient. Resilient. Yeah. Kids are so resilient. They're amazing. But if you see something that you don't like happening, this is your chance, you know, your opportunity to step in and take them along with you on your, on this journey. Cause you guys have a long road together. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the goal for Prosper year. I'm going to yeah. keep that in mind. I got to write that down, put it above my light switch. So I see it every night before I go to bed and every morning when I wake up, something like that. Yeah. Yep. So. Listen, we're coming to the end of the hour. Um, I really do appreciate you like being part of my support system. And like I said, you knew me when I, you know, I've told the story about how I became dimming the gaslight, but I was originally the macaroni king and I've known you for that long. I'm really glad that you came on. What are like some of your like, give me final thoughts. I mean, like talk to the person right now who just got discarded. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They don't know how they're going to move on with life. Things are dark and our lives are in the sun, but they're still living in the dark. What would you say to them? I would say surround yourself with people that you love, people that love you. I would also encourage everybody to get a therapist, figure out a way to get a therapist. Um, it's so important to have like a an expert, um, listen to podcasts, read books, just know that you every step that you take for you will multiply so it, if right now you're feeling very desperate and you don't know what to do turn on listen to something join a community like this community is so important you are not alone you are so not alone and we care man we fucking yeah. so hard we do we really do care yeah everybody here yeah I appreciate that. Lisa, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Um, one more time, plug your, it's stories from the roller coaster, right? On the roller coaster on Instagram. Yeah, great page. I I mean, I can remember, man, you were probably, I got to go back and look at my originally followed people, but you were probably in the top, say, 50 or 100 people I followed ever. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this episode. I'm glad that we can connect because, Yay! like you said, we've lived like a town away. We got to meet in person. Yes. Totally. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, everybody.